Hey everyone, welcome to part two of a three-part episode of Owl Sound. We are now picking back up where we left off. But to at least advocate more for higher wages in academia because this is extremely important work that um, people do and it needs to be compensated correctly. Yeah. Um, but when you're dealing with these issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, you have to not just like want people there for you to use as a puppet, you need to actually be willing and able to put in the work to respect them yep. and to actually make it so that it's a situation where they're not going to be actively traumatized. And even outside of that, even outside of the fact that like there needs to be more professors of color, there needs to be more faculty members mm-hmm. of color in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially since the school wants to bring students of color to campus, and ugh. It, need, it needs to be more than just we have uh, BIPOC professors. It needs to be we have BIPOC professors who are part of our family, part of our community, get along well with everybody. Everybody respects them, you know, um, <laughs> wants to go out for lunch with them or something. It, it doesn't it, like, again, goes back to tokenism a little bit, but it, it's it's the, it, the, the aspect of campus that um, it just needs to gain more respect entirely and And that's the biggest issue um respect for example certain courses there needs to be a significant amount of nuance Mm -hmm. when discussing topics that affect BIPOC that affect people of color um because when you don't have that you're going to have situations where the people who are taking it because they're because a fair bit of us we see something's african-american we see something's indigenous. We see something's Latin. And we're like, we're getting in there because we see it as an opportunity to connect. Mm-hmm. While maybe a white student might be interested and might be and might be looking to glean knowledge, we are too. But more often than not, it's also a way of us being able to have something in our schedule where it'll feel like, okay, this is either familiar to me or this is something that I'm utterly alien to, mm-hmm. but at least it's tangentially connected to me. Yeah. And um, it isn't even necessarily a question of, and, I, and just putting it out there, I 100% believe that we need to have more staff and faculty of color. And I especially believe that when it comes to these courses that are supposed to be discussing POC, we need to have staff of color teaching these courses but at the very least if you're going to have white staff members teaching them you're going to have to make sure to to invest in people with nuance Mm -hmm. or even guest speakers even like i i I would be totally okay if i if i had a white professor for a class that was on African studies and they brought in a, uh, someone either like if they did studies in Africa and they had colleagues in that area and, and could talk about the culture and stuff, call them in, bring you know, and, and it, it's not that I'm disqualifying the professor. It's that there needs to be another voice an indigenous voice to those stories. Because if we keep talking about it, like it's our story, even though we did, we did research and stuff, it's still, not our story and it literally it is a version of colonization if you take that story <laughs> no know? definitely and then yeah. not just that but um 
when dealing with that, there needs to be, um, guest speakers are great. Yeah. But the reason I say that there needs to be an amount of nuance mm-hmm. is because so that you don't have classes where people are expecting to learn and then they get re-traumatized. Right. One thing I want to preface, too, is that uh, throughout this podcast, we're not necessarily bashing Wilson. We, we love Wilson. We just want it to be better. And it's, it's, it's disappointing seeing it going down this hole. I feel like everyone who comes in contact with this school loves Wilson. Yeah. And the issue isn't... this isn't a question of whether people like the school or hate it because the fact of the matter is is that there's a there's a thing that attracted us all to here exactly and even if we grow to hate institution even if we grow to dislike certain aspects of this institution ultimately especially and i think that's the biggest issue Mm -hmm. when it comes to people who let their fragility cover the reality that is being pointed out by individuals who are actively communicating what you're doing is hurting me, what you're doing is traumatizing me. Mm -hmm. That ends up being read as a disdain when what's really being said is respect my boundaries. What's really being said is this is a place that I seek to make my community as well. And the fact of the matter is, is that as long as people allow their fragilities be the leg that they just like, as long as you allow your fragility to be the hill that you die on, it's going to become a situation where BIPOC students are going to be too drained to be, and in between too drained and we're not going to be willing to give all of ourselves to this institution the way right. we would love to have. Right. And on, that's the, the majority of the conversations that I have with my friends, it's a situation where we come here, we meet people that we love, and we make community with them. Yeah. We spend time at the farm, and we end up falling in love with the nature, and where we find community off Wilson grounds. Because, you know, you need to get out of the bubble every here and there, especially <laughs> when there's not that many of us. Um, yeah. And it, I, I love... I came, I came to Wilson because I... You know, thought it was beautiful. I love the outdoors. And from what I could tell, I love the people here when I was going on tours and stuff, right? Um, as I've been here for almost two full years now, I've seen a lot of different, you know, things pop up that are concerning. And it's, it's, it's not that I'm worried Wilson is literally, literally going like downhill in terms of uh, equity and everything like that. It's that I'm saddened to see it because... I like the school, and I don't want it to be known as a school that is not friendly to BIPOC students. I would hate that. I would hate to be here and not see a single face that, you know, did not come from a different culture than mine. I'd feel so weird. I'd feel like a robot. And within that, there's the reality of, like, the burnout. Mm -hmm. Because we as students, we as people in general, we all feel burnout when we're in a position for a very, for an extended amount of time. But... The burnout that comes with not just academia and not just all of the little microaggressions, but then that is added to institutional neglect or outright hostility. Mm-hmm. That's what gets, that's, that's what makes it so that so many of us ultimately decide that it's better for ourselves to go inward. And frankly, yeah, it's self-preservation and... It's what's healthiest. You can't give 
everything you have to something that isn't going to give you an ounce of respect. And outside of that, you can't give everything you have to something that thinks that it's appropriate to defend those who are actively Mm -hmm. making you unsafe, to defend those who are actively making it clear that it isn't even that they're just some jerks who don't want to be near you. Because I can assure you, the majority, if not every person of color on this campus has dealt with... We've dealt with things that our white counterparts have never gone through Mm -hmm. and will never go through. Mm -hmm. And that's just living with a racialized identity. That's part of existence. Right. Queer people go through things that someone who isn't queer will never go through. Someone who has a certain... Someone who's bodied a certain way goes through things. Someone who isn't bodied that way or someone who has a different gender will never go through. Right. Um, these, are this, these are the complications of existence. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter remains, because the, and the, everything's intersectional, um, but I can only speak from my own perspective. Right, as am I. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I will never speak on anyone else's terms, but it you know, needs to be talked about, and I'm glad we're having the conversation. So Definitely. Uh, um, and the fact of the matter is, is that when you have institutional conspiracy of silence, frankly, mm-hmm. because even like when it comes to the issues on this campus, that frankly is how it's treated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of the most important things is that we find, I feel like it's important that people like those in power swallow their fragility mm-hmm. and start to realize that if anything else, Tanisha's last statement made it clear that the conspiracy of silence isn't going to be able to go on for much longer. Especially if things like this keep coming out. <laughs> exactly. Because so. the fact of the matter is, is that I could be wrong, but I know for a fact two black staff members have left this year very beloved and two like outside of Tanisha have left this year and they're very beloved by the community. What is it going to take for Wilson to do right? Mm -hmm. Or what is it going to take? Like, I don't know what else because the fact of the matter is, is that we've been sharing our trauma. We haven't been silent. Mm -hmm. There's been people on campus sharing their trauma, whether it was the protests last year or whether like this past semester or whether it's been in space, or whether it's been through the Alma um, Shippy, or whether it's mm-hmm. been through any amount of other um, things that, like, there's a lot of racial and ethnic justice, yep. um, and intersectional, whether it be on the intersections of sex, gender, sexual orientation, religion. This campus is f- a hotbed for important conversations um, yep. that, frankly, I don't know. I don't think that a lot of us get to have outside of these groups. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter remains is that what is it going to take for those who have the ability to swallow their own discomfort mm-hmm. so that those who, because your discomfort, I can assure you, is nothing compared to the actual fear that the people you're making uncomfortable go through. Yeah. And I, I, I think. One of the things I, I want to mention is just because um, one of the, like, we always hear from 
the administrators and stuff, um, I, I, I feel like there's a sense of condensation among the administrators, and I don't know condensation, condensation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Very condescending. Yes, and I, I don't know if it's on purpose, but I think what the administrators need to realize, if they haven't already, is that there's a reason the student voice is talking about this. There's a reason that we're bringing this up because we know it needs to change. And even if it's something that doesn't seem like it can happen on Wilson, it can. And we, we know this. Wilson's been around since the 1800s. <laughs> Just like with so many other institutions of higher education in this country, there's a lot to unpack. Um, I come from Atlanta. Spelman and Morehouse were both founded by white people. Mm-hmm. Even though they're HBCUs and they're wonderful schools, um, and the only reason I didn't go to Morehouse is because I honestly couldn't stand living in Atlanta all my all the time. I love it there, but it's definitely more of a place you live sometimes, not all the time. Um, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that there has to be a new respect. There has to be a respect towards students, and there has to be a res- there needs to be a respect towards faculty and staff. There needs to be a respect towards students. There needs to be a respect towards marginalized people on this campus. I think respect is just a key word in general. It's just... (laughs) And we've kind of been going around that topic a little bit a lot, too. It's just... It it really is just a matter of respect. And it's a matter of realizing privilege and a matter of realizing you do things that hurt people that you don't know hurt people. And it's just... um, I love Wilson. I don't want to see it go down the drain. I, 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 I like this campus. I'm just worried that if this keeps going on, then it's just not going to be a welcoming place for a lot of folks. There's a lot of other schools that we could have gone to. Mm-hmm. And when we've come here to make a community, and we've come here not just to make community, but to actively try to improve community. And for those efforts to be actively thwarted by those with the ability to improve them it's a bad look doesn't begin to describe it mm-hmm. um there there shouldn't it shouldn't be a situation where queer students and students of color and femme students are like actively telling the administration this organization makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. or you guys aren't listening to me or we pay thousands of dollars to go to this school we pay all of us pay like what we I want to say we pay roughly fifty k to go here. Yeah, and, and like yeah, there's like seven hundred of us, but that's a lot of cash coming from a, and a lot of us don't have the money. Yeah, but and, and my point there is that we worked to get here. Exactly, we worked to get here. We're it, paying, if not out of pocket, out of our parents' pockets, and it's you know it's it's devastating to come to a school that you thought would be so good, and then you're basically assaulted. Yeah, you know, <laughs> actively, and you have to deconstruct your own fragility. And just because, and one thing that personally, something that I per, that I hold close to myself, just because you carry a certain identity, doesn't necessarily mean that you can't still do harm. Mm-hmm. Um, one term that I thought was interesting that I picked up when I was doing activist work um, this summer was you don't have to be white to be a white supremacist. And it's Mm -hmm. one of those terms that you hear, like, kill the cop in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
the reality is that anyone can uphold these unhealthy structures and it isn't enough to think you're not racist. It isn't enough to think you're not sexist. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to think you're not homophobic. It's not enough to think that you're not xenophobic. Um, Hey everyone, this has been part two of a three-part episode of Owl Sound. To access the final part, there should be a link somewhere on your page. Thanks. Hope you enjoy.